This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Recovery Radio. My name is Steve Martorano. We're here on Saturdays, every Saturday at this time, talking about the disease of addiction and the road to recovery, most importantly. Recovery Radio is sponsored by Retreat from your addiction treatment centers. We'll have more about them straight ahead. Every week, you know, on Recovery Radio, we we try to uh, take a look at the same topic, but from many, many different uh, angles. And this is one angle that we've been wanting to get around to. um, And I'm so grateful for our guest coming in today because it's an important one. And I don't know that it's one that gets nearly enough attention. We, we understand, because we read the news, that we are in the grips of perhaps the worst drug, drug epidemic, substance abuse epidemic, maybe in the history of this country. Um, and it has left almost no demographic group untouched by it. The elderly are also uh, in, you know, as much danger as anyone else from uh, substance abuse, not least of which because many of them are on, you know, medication that they that they need these are prescription medications but the the dangers of substance abuse in the elderly is a problem and a growing problem for obvious reasons the population is getting older so we are uh, grateful to our guest david bolin joins us today david is the administrator of a senior care facility in Ephrata, pennsylvania not so far from where we're uh, we're doing the program that provides senior care. And in that context, he will talk to us about what they do. I mean, this this program is a broad one today because even if your situation only involves taking care of mom or dad, uh, there's going to be a lot of really good information for you. So we welcome David Boland from The Groves to Recovery Radio. David, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. Did I get most of that right with regard to uh, to the uh, uh, potential anyway for uh, problems with uh, with the elderly and substance abuse yes um, there is potential there um, as you age there um, seniors do get prescribed medications that sometimes can interact with other medications um, they can become addicted to um, pain meds and um, really not even understanding or the family member may may not realize that there is an issue or a problem that's occurring. Um, They could see it as dementia. They could see it as uh, mobility problems and not um, relate that back to the fact that they are actually addicted to some form of medication. Well, we're going to get we're going to get uh, closer to that issue of of, of the uh, potential for uh, problems with medication and substance abuse in the elderly. But let, let's get a, let's get the um, the overview of, of you and your background in this field, as well as the growths. Um, I have been administrator for personal care home for twenty six years. Um, I actually was involved in starting this um, small personal care home um, in Ephrata. Um, we have expanded the home um, over the the course of the time, um, but we are we are a very limited um, facility. Almost a lot of people consider us a bed and breakfast because we are in a large Victorian home, about nine thousand square feet. We have a limited number of seniors that we work with. Um, we have we currently have seventeen seniors in our. Our home. I don't even want to call it a facility. 
Um, we foster a family environment. We cater to a lot of individuals that do not want to go to the the large, more institutional settings. Um, our residents eat in what we consider a normal dining room. We have two dining rooms, which we give them the option of uh, one which we call more of a, a sunroom uh, dining room or a formal dining room. Um, we prepare meals um, for those residents, the basic needs that they have. Um, our staff are pretty much long-term, uh, ranging. Some have been with me 15 years. Um, they get to know the residents one-on-one. Um, -on -one. Rather than changing out staff, we become a family, um, and they they can really monitor what what the individuals are, are going through or their needs by, by understanding them more in a personal note. Well, I can certainly attest to the fact that it doesn't look like any kind of institution that I've ever seen. And I'll tell you how. In doing research for this, we, we, you know, we knew we wanted to get you on the air. Um, um, and um, I went to the website and I was looking at your website and I, I was struck by the building. As you say, it's a beautiful Victorian building. And I, I'm thinking, where in the world have I – this is a very familiar place. Well, it turns out as, as I go through Ephrata on the way up and back to do the program, I frequent this shop on the corner there, and the parking lot is right across the street. You're next to the barber shop. Yes. <laughs> and I can't tell you the number of times I pulled it out into the street and looked at the building and going, I thought that, I thought it was a B&B &B. So, until it, it snapped. And I went, oh, no, that's my guest on this program. So it's a very unusual place. It's not the I, I, the size of it right away can tell you it's it's a very different from most places folks think of when they need to uh, extend uh, care for their uh, for their elderly uh, fam family members. So tell us a, a little bit about with regard to what kind of care the elderly are looking for. You, you mentioned before we went on the air that there are basically three levels of care for for seniors. Can you describe Correct. those? There's Pennsylvania. Uh, more or less has three levels. Your independent, which would be um, an apartment within a retirement community where basically the services that one would receive would be anything that you could receive in a hotel. Um, so the independent apartments have, uh, you might have a meal plan where you, you could um, purchase two or three meals per day, go to a central dining room, they would offer some form of activities. They might have a bus to take you um, shopping. Um, a lot of though the independent type settings, you might pay additional to have somebody come into your apartment to clean it. And they might also offer a third party, third party nursing or uh, assistance type program where you would pay for those services for somebody to come in to assist you with bathing um, maybe once or twice a week or to assist you with shopping um, but they do not have the ability to do medications um, they you're you're more independent somebody's not checking on you they don't um, really understand any of your medical conditions um, the second level is where the Groves is, is personal care. And in that, you have personal care and assisted living. Um, on our level, we would assist the person, monitor their health, 
health, do uh, assessments on that individual. Um, we work with the doctor um, or a family doctor, the PCP, any specialist, and we are fully responsible for the care and responsibility of that person. So we would be scheduling doctor's appointments. We would be transporting them to doctors um, if they need assistance with dressing, bathing, memory support, um, special types of diets. If somebody's would be a diabetic and they need special um, dietary restrictions, um, we handle all medications, receiving medications. Um, that does not mean that somebody can't still do their own medications if either the doctor assesses them or we assess them to do that, but they would need to know what their medications are for, um, how to handle them, when to take them. They would have to describe what that pill is in their pill box. Is Not just a pill. Right, right not just right, a pill. Right. And the third level of uh, The third level is skilled, and skilled is basically under the care um, those facilities have a director, a medical director. Um, they have RNs on duties. They can quickly um, make a medication change through the doctor or the RN. And normally they have more advanced life-supporting um, conditions. They may be immobile. Um, they may have conditions of open bed sores. Um, they may need injections for, th for certain items. They may be on IVs where they need more, more attention. So they're beyond just the activities of daily living needs. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the situation at a place like, like the Groves when someone progresses through that second level of care that you, you characterized uh, you guys providing, that, that personal, uh, personal care and assisted living, and they move into the third phase. Do you do you stay with them, or does the patient or does the client have to move? Um, at that point, the client would move. A lot of our residents stay with us to the very end, um, and we can bring hospice care in. We can bring in outside nursing agencies. Um, we actually do have contracts with outside nursing agencies. As long as we can 24 hours a day support them or have support from other agencies, they can stay with us. Um, it's If they would move to the next level, which again, we do have some contracts with some nursing facilities. Um, an example would be my own mother. My mother was actually with me for eight years. She came very independent. She actually uh, helped me with the day-to-day -day operations. And then she moved to the point where she had medical condition and uh, she advanced with congestive heart failure. And it did reach the point where for her last three months, I, I had to move my mother into skilled because she became completely immobile and she was needing injections on a, uh, a regular basis. Um, so that was something I really didn't want to do, mm -hmm. um, but it was the logical thing to do. Um, but over the years of 26 years, 
Um, I've had about 150 residents, and a majority of those residents have stayed with stayed me with to the very, very end. David Boland is our guest. David is the administrator of the Groves in Effort of Pennsylvania. Uh, it is a uh, senior care assisted living facility. He's uh, giving us a primer on um, uh, issues that a lot of us are facing with elderly parents and family members. And we're also going to take a closer look at the uh, very often difficult issue of uh, dealing with the medications involved in taking care of the elderly. This is Recovery Radio. We have more ahead. Don't go away. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. Steve Martorano with you. Uh, our guest in the studio from uh, the Groves in Effort of Pennsylvania, which is a uh, uh, elderly uh, assisted living facility, tiny one in a Victorian house. It's an amazing setting. Uh, David uh, Bolin, uh, as I said, the administrator, he's been in the field for oh, 20, 25, 26 years now. He has joined us to talk about, in general, uh, taking care of uh, the elderly at that point in life when they need help. And uh, specifically, we're going to take a look a little bit uh, down the road about their medication and the growing problem of the elderly um, not so much abusing drugs, but getting caught up in uh, some unfortunate situations with managing their medication. Uh, so, David, uh, in, uh, let's take a moment here because just like when you have to look for a treatment facility for substance abuse, when, when people seem to put off this decision about, you know, it's time to figure out what to do with mom or dad and what they need, and they're really at a loss. They, they don't even know the right questions to ask or who's going to pay for it or how it works. Can you take us through some of the some of the things people should have in mind when they're looking for a facility? Yeah, there's there's lots of different options out there, and um, it hits in different ways. Some people uh, plan in advance; they look for a continuing care community where they might buy into the facility. Um, where they could go in and purchase an apartment or a cottage and be an independent, um, where they might have what they call life care or that facility would take care of them from the time they move in to the time they pass away. Um, with those type of facilities, you would be paying an upfront fee where you may purchase your apartment, you may give 100000 200 Some facilities here in Lancaster could go up to eight, 900000 if they're moving into a luxury townhouse, and then they would have a fixed monthly fee. Um, they are across the board, um, depending on the structure of each one of those um, facilities. They are... Um, monitored by the Department of Insurance to make sure that the funds are there when you when you purchase into those facilities that you will actually be taken care of. Um, the next opportunity, and, and in those those facilities, again, you would have the independent then personal care as you advance and need more support with your quote activities of daily living. Um, that bathing, the dressing, and then if you would advance to needing skilled, um, you they would still take care of you. Most people do not even advance from the independent into the personal assisted living um, that the highest percentage remain in the independent apartment um, until they would pass away. Um, At that point, what happens to the? Do they own that that condominium? Again, or? that that varies. They they never own it. 
Um, but some facilities you get a percentage back. Mm-hmm. Others you can pay a lot more money up front and get all of it back. Others you can pay less and get nothing back. Um, the average is really probably you get 20% back. So if you're spending $300,000 um, at the end, your estate might get 60000 back. Yeah. So that's the top of the line. We, right. we see those ads on television all the time. They're, they're very luxurious. They look more like resorts than they do any kind of uh, elderly care or assisted living facilities. Um, and that's for certain people at a certain level of uh, economic comfort. What else is there? The the level example of what the Groves is about is the majority of our residents fall in that age bracket from 75 up to about 100. Um, they have remained independent. They've been in their home. Um, some have reached the point where they might have macular degeneration. Their arthritis has advanced that it really is difficult for them to maintain living independently. Um, some, as their spouse has passed away and they no longer want to live by themselves, they don't feel secure, they need that social bonding, but they really don't want to go to a large facility or they have reached the point that buying into a large facility is really not beneficial or they don't have the financial mm-hmm. means to move in. So um, a lot of our residents come based out of a sun need that they um, had a an illness that came on sun. They were in the hospital and the doctor said, really, it's not time. For you. You're at the time that you should not go back to your home. Um, they come to us. Um, there is no upfront fee with us. They pay on a monthly basis. In personal care, again, you can go from a very low where you're sharing a room maybe with two roommates and you're on the state supplement, which is in the eleven to $1,200 range, um, and you can go clear up to the Taj Mahal, mm-hmm. where you're paying several thousand a month, the six, 7000 range. I think what's tough for people who have to make these decisions about their, uh, their uh, elderly family members is that, to a greater or lesser extent, every, they need additional care or care that they can't provide themselves or the family can't provide. Uh, and the idea of can we afford this uh, is difficult to come to grips with. But it's re- it sounds like, obviously, since there's a range here, it's one of the first things families have to confront, right? Correct. Is, you know, what is their – and I hate to say it, that's one of our first questions is um, what can they financially afford? We are very, very low price being that we're a smaller home. Um, we can control our costs. Um, we don't have swimming pools. We don't have elaborate exercise rooms. We don't have movie theater. We don't have those amenities that are often sold um, in large facilities. So we're not supporting those. We are supporting the care of the residents. So you're small for economic reasons as well as personal preferences for Correct. the place you want to run. We we serve the residents of the community that does not mean that we don't have residents that have come to us from Connecticut and Virginia and Philadelphia. Um, but we basically, our price range is um, very, very 
reasonable. We start at seventeen hundred for a shared room, and we go up to twenty seven hundred for a private private rooms. We're talking to David Bolin, who is the administrator of the Groves in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, a senior care assisted living facility in the Lancaster area. Uh, when we come back, we're going we're gonna to take, take a look at the area that Recovery Radio is most often concerned with, and that has to do with substance abuse and the dangers of that happening to the elderly. Recovery Radio, more ahead. Don't go away. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. Our guest in the studio is David Bolin from the Groves in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. He's telling us about senior care, and uh, we're going to get into the issue of medication for, for the elderly and how to avoid abuse. Uh, a reminder that the program is sponsored by Retreat. Premier Addiction Treatment Centers, and uh, tell you every week, I'm going to give you their phone number, and I hope you don't have to use it, but uh, it's given to you in the following spirit. Any questions you have about anything you've heard on the program uh, today or any other day, any question you have about what's going on in your life, maybe you're, you're, you or your loved one are getting treatment now, you have questions about that, whatever it may be, uh, we give you the phone number purely as an informational tool. The retreat has a world-class reputation for treating uh, substance abuse problems. They've helped lots and lots of people, but we're not here to tell you they're the only people that can give you help. Uh, they're, they're great at what they do. And let me give you their phone number. They will answer your questions. 855-859-8808. And as I said, I hope you never have to use that number. Um, but when this disease arrives, it often does unexpectedly, almost always. People have to make very difficult decisions under extraordinarily um, trying times, and you don't know where to turn very often. So this number can really be a uh, a great help. 855-859-8808, Retreat Premier Addiction Treatment Centers. We're taking a look at the elderly and the growing uh, problem of uh, substance abuse and managing their medication as they get older. So that and we've had David Bolin with us from the uh, Groves in Ephrata. So so David let's let's talk about that. That that's a that's got to be a major piece of what a facility like the Groves has a responsibility to take care of the the elderly's medication, right? Correct. And um over the years there has been a change in um medications. Um I would say 15 years ago a lot of the doctors were really paid attention to making seniors comfortable. Um, and their focus was let's um, put somebody on the pain medications right away so that they don't have to suffer. Um, and as we move forward in time, more research started to come out that they realized that maybe that's not the best um, way to handle everything because um, addiction does occur with seniors. Um, sometimes you think that um, your mom or your dad may be forgetful or their mobility is not there or they're seeing changes in them and you just say, oh, mom is older or dad is older, their mobility is not as good, and the family member doesn't realize that they, are, they were going to their family physician, they were going to a doctor for arthritis, and the doctor, the family physician was prescribing one form of medicine for pain of one type of thing, and the other doctor was prescribing another 
pain medicine and the family member just associated that issue with my mom's getting older, my dad's getting older, not looking at the medications. Um, you know, we see loss of appetite. We see the memory loss. We see confusion and we just say, oh, that person is 80 years old. There's nothing. That's just who they are. When deep down there could be reactions to medications, um, they could be on pain meds that are really changing their quality of life. Um, so medications in seniors are very important um, to monitor that as you age, your ability to process those medications become slower. That, you know, 25 milligrams of a drug that you were taking 10 years ago may be equivalent to 100 milligrams today um, with the as your body ages. So there's a lot of issues with with medications in seniors. It's ironic that at a, a point in time when, you know, most people go, well, mom, mom, dad needs to take this stuff. They need this stuff. They need this stuff that they may in fact be making a, a bad situation even worse. Oh, yes. Um, mobility falls. One of the um, one of the main concerns with seniors is fall prevention. And fall prevention doesn't just start with the the rug that they might trip on or the lighting, it also involves the medications that they're on. And it becomes our responsibility as a facility to look, analyze at the drugs. Um, we are constantly making recommend recommendations to the doctors on um, maybe this is a little bit too much. Oh, or, so you, yes. So you, you're, you're, the, you're there on the ground looking at the, yes, at the person. Yes. Well, talk about the process when they come in. What, what kind of an evaluation does, does, do, do, does a good facility do so that they can get a, a proper fix on the medication and, and how to administer it? Um, that can be very difficult um, depending on how the resident is coming in. We do a pre-assessment um, and the state re does require facilities to do a pre-assessment to make sure you're meeting the needs. We do then request a medication record, um, and that gives you a good determination of what the person is about. So you can, even getting a transfer from the hospital, you can look over the medications, um, you can look at the, to see if there's any conflict that you think there might be in medications, um, we rely heavily on our pharmacy. Um, getting all your medications from one pharmacy, which is what we require, um, takes away a huge risk of conflict between meds. Um, it's still, you know, you might have a, a, a resident that has six or seven different doctors that they're seeing. And We're all prescribing all kinds of uh, medications. Correct. So you rely on that pharmacy to make sure that they are monitoring it, that we as a facility are monitoring those medications. Um, and again, you know, they can have reactions to medications. One resident can be much more, I hate to say, become addicted to a medication than another resident does not. Um, so the reactions to meds are are, are crucial. 
um, the quality, balancing quality of life. Um, you know, it's drug companies don't do a lot of research on medications on seniors um, because those long-term effects they're not really worried about mm. because it's sustaining are these medications sustaining their life and are they balancing the quality of life on reducing pain or taking away mobility taking away mental capacity um, making the situation worse rather than better yes yes uh, so in a facility any facility but certainly it sounds like yours people would be wise to listen to what people who see their loved ones every day um, suggest to them with regard to their medication. Yes. Um, I mean, you've had the occasion to say, you know, your mom's on a lot of painkillers. Do we really know whether they're necessary because they're, you know, slowing her down or something like that? Yes. Um, I mean, I can think of examples in my own facility where the 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 doctor has prescribed medications and we have questioned on do they really need that and oh this this medication is fine it's not going to create a problem it's like well i've been doing this for 26 years and i know that that medication can cause additional side effects or um it might start a more advanced decline decline in their health and it's that balance of do we medicate them with a pain medicine to get them through the back pain or the knee pain um is there other options that we can do can we do physical therapy can we keep them off of those drugs because you know any additional meds that are put into the body when you're 90 years old can really make a rapid decline in the person. One of the reasons, I think, one of the reasons that we got into this mess, this horrible opioid epidemic, is that we, we, we have this tendency. We were sold the idea that there is a pill for everything. And we're certainly really inclined to feel that way about the elderly. Well, she hurts, he hurts, give him more uh, pain medication. And that might not be the first place. You may wind up there, but it shouldn't be the first option when dealing with with something like that. What what about mood uh, mood pills, uh, the benzodiazepines? Do you see people at a place like the Groves who are on a lot of that medication? Over the years, you have yes, we have we have um, you know you have residents that suffer from depression. There is um, you know. A 90-year-old that their son passed away, and you have um, that they they're not coping with things. Um, you have both um, antidepressants that are being prescribed, and then you're adding pain medications. Then you're adding calcium and beta blockers to that person, and all of a sudden that person is up to 20 different meds a day. And um, then you're you're basically have somebody that's addicted, and that facility you can completely change a see a change in that resident, and then the facility has to deal with how how do we get them off this? We're not sending them out to a facility for that treatment. 
we have to work with them right. to pull them off right. those meds. To, to be clear, the Grove is not bringing people in who, are, who, who have substance abuse issues that need to be addressed, but you're there to manage it and make sure they don't become that, that kind of a uh, patient. Correct. Uh, before we take this, the final break here now, uh, what sort of recommendation would you give families with regard to checking medications and you know, making sure that you know, everything is as it should be? Should they do that monthly, yearly? How often should they check their, their, their family members' medications? I think family members should continuously be checking medications. And that sometimes is very hard because family members, seniors a lot of times don't want their children or their niece or their nephews to be knowing what meds they're on. They don't, uh, it takes away independence from them because if they can do their own meds, they feel more independent. They don't want a child doing that. But that child does need to step in or that responsible party to just monitor and make sure that all the doctors know what their loved one is being prescribed. David Bolin is our guest. He is the administrator of The Groves, which is a senior care facility in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. We have a final segment with David. Please don't go away. This is Recovery Radio. We're back on Recovery Radio. We want to thank David Bolin, who uh, joins us today to talk about the elderly caring for them uh, in in uh, their uh, you know golden years. I, I love that expression. Uh, with a particular emphasis on our our uh, purview here, which is substance abuse. It's a growing problem among the elderly, um, and and. Uh, they're on a lot of medication. Managing that medication is a critical part of both the family's role and whatever facility uh, your loved one winds up in. Uh, David's been a great resource now, uh, today in talking about issues like that. So, so David, uh, you're, you're there every day. You're you're seeing mom or dad uh, every day. You're managing, uh, you know, the the uh, their lives and their medication. What what are some of the things you you people look at? on a day-to-day basis that might signal or trigger that the uh, senior is, is getting into a having a problem that might be a result of their medication? Um, lots of things. If a new medication um, is prescribed and you see the change, one of our, our duties and responsibilities is, is to observe those residents and observe how they react to medications. But you can see as they age again, their their ability to metabolize those medications is longer, slower. Um, falls are number one thing. If all of a sudden a resident is starting to fall more often, um, lack of eating, there's, there's changes in their habits of eating. There is um, – they're not getting up in the morning. They're um, not – looking forward to the day, um, just loss of memory. They can all be triggers um, that something is changing or they're having reactions to to a medication. It's difficult. First of all, it's difficult, I'm sure, from a professional standpoint, but it's certainly difficult from a personal standpoint to distinguish between a problem that's maybe being exacerbated by the care and sort of the normal consequences of someone growing older. It shouldn't surprise anybody that you might be depressed when when you when you're when you're very old. Um, how does how does a family member decide? Well, maybe it's maybe it's another thing. Maybe it's not just the normal depression. Is there any way to do that? There really is not a set 
path for that. It's communication, um, talking to the the PCP, the family doctor, um, really analyzing and looking at medications that they're on. Uh, you know, a, a resident could be on a medication for years and all of a sudden they're having a reaction to it. Um, building up of of different meds being prescribed to them. Um, and, you know, sometimes we, we look at it as a cocktail that they have this, this, you know, multiple medications and, and what is the final mix of that cocktail and how is it balancing their quality of life because aging is and plays into it. Yeah. It's also a, a proper and wise, I would guess, to um, ask the physicians involved, do they need to take this stuff anymore? I mean, sometimes, you, you know, you're taking medication for a long period of time when you're elderly and I guess you can reach a point of diminishing returns, right? Correct. You can. You Very much. There's medications that they're no longer beneficial or um, certain medications is why are we taking this, that you've been taking a medication for years for something that no longer is is really needed, but it, it continues to get filled every month. So it, every doctor should and every family member should really look and analyze why that person is on the medication. Yeah, we, we, we tend to put that portion of not only our, our loved ones' lives, but our own lives on automatic. You, you think that, well, we, we've got this thing in motion and this is the way it's going to play out, but it doesn't work like that, does it? No. And, you know, I, a saying goes through my mind is, you know, years ago it was um, – improving your quality of life through chemicals and now it's taking that change that improving your quality of life through less chemicals and when you refer to chemicals there are also medications well david thanks um you know you just reminded me that uh, my goodness it must be 50 years ago now that the rolling stones of all people wrote a song called mother's little helper which was about medication mood medication but the first line of that song is what a drag it is getting old so uh we thank you so much i mean this is uh, this is the kind of information I, I i hope people appreciate hearing on recovery radio it's a very important issue the elderly taking care of them and guarding against substance abuse the groves in uh, effort of pa if people want more information they should um they can uh contact us either at 717-733-2040 or go to our website which is the groves with an s home.net thanks so much again and thank you all for your time and attention recovery radio will be back at you next saturday enjoy the rest of the weekend bye-bye this program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of wpht or its management